Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Last Night in Vegas. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and we're here for another week of Last Night in Vegas. So, uh, news update, I did not go out last night here in Las Vegas. So, um, I did go out this week. I ended up going out to Wakuda on Saturday night during fight night. And if you didn't hear our review on Wakuda, it's in our last pod. So certainly just open that up and you can listen to it at the beginning. But I do have a couple events coming up on Saturday that I'm actually going to be going out for. Uh, don't want to you know, tell you exactly what it is, but let's just say I'm teasing it a bit that it's something opening up at the Aria. And I'm really excited to actually check that out. And that will certainly be on a supersized version of Last Night in Vegas next week. Uh, but today, I thought I would actually go over sort of how I pick the places that I go out to, also how I budget for it, how I choose it, how I do my sort of scouting report on these places, and then end up going out to that place uh, that week. So hopefully it's an entertaining and informative episode, obviously, because uh, I get a lot of questions like, you know, how do you go out every night to eat? And I don't go out every night. I go out once a week, usually, <laughs> maybe two times a week. Um, so that's usually it. Uh, how do I budget? There's a certain way that I could have computed it in my head. And um, again, it's just sort of a vibe that I'm feeling. Um, I also just came across a Forbes article that listed the 14 best hotels in Las Vegas. Uh, and that was actually released um, a little earlier in the year, actually late last year. And I really just wanted to actually um, kind of go over it and see how I felt about it. Because sometimes these lists are not very good, to be honest, and I usually do not agree with them. But this one has some unique choices on it that I do want to talk about. So uh, this would be sort of a how-to go out in Las Vegas, uh, last night in Vegas. So hopefully you stick around and catch a few tips on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential, and this episode is brought to you by AO Painting, who have been experts in specialized coating, servicing Arizona, for over 40 years. AO Painting specializes in industrial projects and are a one-stop shop for sandblasting, industrial painting, waterproofing, and much, much more. To see more of their work and to get a quote, you can visit aopaintinginc.com. That's aopaintinginc.com. AO Painting, where specialized is where we start. All right, everybody, we are back with Last Night in Vegas. So let's talk about sort of strategy on how I end up going out in Las Vegas. So a uh, big question is, is how do I budget for these experiences? So typically my budget, and even before I started doing the videos and doing the podcast, I liked going out and sort of experiencing the city. And the way that I thought about it was I want to see the best of my city while I'm here. And the thing is, is that a lot of people in Las Vegas tend to not like to go out to the Strip. They don't like to go to downtown very much. Just because, again, they see it as expensive, they see it as crowded, touristy. And the thing is, it's, it's kind of true, but the, also the thing is, is that they kind of look at it like New York, where if you go to Times Square, that's like the touristy part, which it is. But also the thing is, is that our Times Square also has some of the best restaurants in the entire country. So why would I not go there? So that's typically why I like to go to the Strip, is just because you have so many fantastic restaurants and lounges 
that are located in that area. And that's something that I really enjoy. I really enjoy, especially the bar scene uh, and just sort of hanging out at those cocktail lounges and having some of the best cocktails possible. And, that, and really, that's how I choose. So uh, how do I budget? So typically, I try to spend somewhere close to about $100 at a restaurant. So um, it's $100 or less is typically what I'm looking for. And this is for myself. So usually, if I'm going for myself, usually about $100 for me. Uh, that's sort of my budget. So Obviously, if I'm going out on dates or going out, you know, with other people, the budget obviously fluctuates just because, you know, you might split it, you know, um, obviously with two people, it's going to be more than a hundred bucks. At least that's my sort of range. Uh, but you just sort of learn. So I also just want to let you guys know that when I go out to do these videos for you guys, um, because it's all about the content, um, I do tend to get more than I would usually get on a trip. So uh, I'll usually get like an appetizer an entree and a dessert because it's sort of the three different aspects of the, of the, of the experience. And then usually a cocktail. Typically if I go out by myself and I'm not going to be filming something, I will probably get like two cocktails, an entree and usually like a side or maybe like an appetizer, an entree and maybe two drinks. And that usually comes out to about a hundred dollars. Uh, just because most of the time, most entrees in Vegas range between 30 and like $50. And that's sort of like regular entrees. So like pastas, your chickens, um, sort of uh, like sushi, everything kind of ranges there. When it gets to the higher end, you start getting like the uh, steak, you start getting the uh, like Peking, uh, Peking duck. Those things are going to make it go, you know, skyrocket the price. So that's really something that I do is I do try to budget myself to about $100 in experience. It's kind of ticked up maybe around $110 in experience, but you know, I try to, you know, keep it in my mind. And I do, and I am wary, not wary, but I am usually keeping track of how much money I'm spending inside of a restaurant. So just keep in mind, I don't just go and start spending money just because. I do do it because one, I want to give you guys different sort of views of the restaurant, different aspects of it. And I also want to try different things. And that's something that I've been doing lately. So uh, usually about a hundred bucks, that's my budget when I go out for myself. Um, obviously that's something that I can afford. Uh, uh, again, some people can afford way more than that. They can do like two, $300 a dinner, which for a single person, I don't know how you're able to get up that high. Uh, obviously if I'm going out as, you know, a date, uh, I like to pay on dates. It's just kind of the way that I was raised. So uh, typically, that doesn't mean it goes up by $200, although now that I drink a little bit more, it has you know, touched that. I typically look at like 150 is sort of my number, 150. So you might be wondering, like, how does the math come out to that? So a lot of times when I go out to eat, I'll go to places that have family-style dining or things that are to share, which a lot of high-end restaurants have now sort of shifted towards this style. So that means that we can get a steak and split it or we can get a steak, a chicken, and split it, and or steak and a fish, and split it. And it's sort of family style. So it actually feeds two people. So it actually becomes a little bit more economical to try a couple different things for just, you know, an extra like 20 or $30 it comes out to. So that's something that I like to kind of think out, think about and sort of a tip that you can use if you're coming to Vegas and you want to dine out to, you know, more high-end restaurants is to look at places that have family-style dining, tapas-style dining, and really, it's it's very easy to do that. It's very, very communal is really the way that a lot of restaurants in Vegas are trying to head towards. So uh, that's one little tip is just try to eat things that are tapas style and um, try not to drink too much, which brings me to my next point. The reason that you might be seeing your bill or see bills for other people that come to Las Vegas skyrocket 
is the alcohol. The alcohol is the most most expensive part of the menu, you know, per capita, if you will. Uh, obviously, a steak, its market price, depending on you know where the market's at, that kind of thing, is usually regulated to around sixty to eighty dollars. So that's like stand. That's like pretty standard steak. But once you start getting into the wagyu, Kobe beef, A5, that starts getting into the ounces, obviously, and then you start getting into the ninety, hundred, hundred tomahawks or hundred and fifty dollar steaks. So Again, I'm sort of giving you sort of the basics of that. But anyways, alcohol will always be the most expensive thing that you're paying on or paying for is because you get a drink. In Las Vegas, it ranges between $15 and $20. It's just sort of the, the world we live in. And you kind of you kind of deal with it. So I try to limit myself to two cocktails. So that's $40 already on your bill. If you get two cocktails, that's $40. So again... I wish I could only drink one cocktail, but a lot of times I sort of hang at those places, so I'll get maybe two, and then I relax. But usually if I'm not doing the videos, I'll maybe get three cocktails, because that's what I'm there for, and maybe an entree or an appetizer. And it still comes in under my budget at that point. So again, I the thing is, is when you go out to like high-end restaurants, and this sounds absolutely terrible, you're really going for the experience. You're tasting the food. It tastes good. It's good. You're not going to like overindulge. Like you're not going to get super full. Uh, especially, I mean, unless you're, you know, have a good bankroll and can afford it. Uh, you're going there for the experience. Because again, you can get just as full eating at McDonald's. That's just kind of the, the way that it goes. But that's what separates. You're going for an experience. So that's how I budget. And that's also letting you know the most expensive thing on the menu will always be the cocktails. You may not think it is because, oh, it's like only one cocktail. Well, when you add up, you know, on a date, two cocktails, that's 40 bucks to your menu. Let's just say you both get extra drinks. So let's just say you have two cocktails each. You're now at $80 and you haven't even started talking about the food yet. So again, alcohol will always add to your bill the most. So moving on, um, how do I choose my restaurants? So um, this is kind of a two-parter. So how do I choose my restaurants and also how do I plan? So some people, like my parents, um, are, are my mom's a good planner for vacations, but not as detailed as you may think. So uh, a lot of this has to do with my mom and my dad being a, a very spontaneous people that they like to go around, walk around, look at things, don't really know where they're going to be at, and just sort of go with the flow. I am not that way. I am 100%. I have a restaurant reservation. I have to be at 7 o'clock. I need to be getting ready at 5 or 5.30, whatever. I put that ahead. I plan way ahead of time where something is actually set in stone because I absolutely hate, this is my biggest thing, is walking up to a restaurant and saying, hey, like, you know, I want to get, you know, dinner for two. They say, oh, well, we don't have any reservations or we have reservations in like two hours. I hate being that person. That's not me. Uh, I like to walk up, say, I have a reservation at 7. I know it's all booked. I'm seated at 7 o'clock. That's my thing. So I'm a big planner. I love to plan. So for those of you, especially going on dates, this is very important. Uh, or even single people, because you know this actually goes into me being single and you know looking at menus. I will open up a menu, and I will look at it, and I will actually plan out my dish when I'm at home. So that's a really important point. Um, so before I actually get to that part of it, how do I choose the restaurant? That's always the big question is how do I choose the restaurant? So I choose the restaurant depending on how I'm feeling that day. Sometimes it's a new restaurant that I saw, you know, as I was scrolling through Instagram or Twitter, or I was just sort of reading an article about it. Um, I do like kind of read the Eater articles of Las Vegas every once in a while. They have some unique things. Um, not big into like reviews, but I do like to see pictures because I'm, you know, vis very visual. But I'll like just go through and I'll see these different things. I do get a lot of ads from 
strip hotels and then I'll see what it is. I walk around the strip quite a bit. Uh, so I'll actually know if a restaurant is opening or see that it's, you know, being advertised. For example, I am, you know, waiting on pins and needles for Peter Luger's to finally open, hopefully before, you know, July, because that's when I'm going to go see Adele with my parents. Hello, parents. So that's how I do it. So I actually just sort of like just stroll through the internet. Or I remember restaurants from back in the day and try to see if I want to try them. Um, a really easy way that I do it, and this is you know easy because I use you know I live here and I've worked as a concierge, is I will actually open up a map of the strip. So I'll look at the strip, and then I'll just work my way down. I'm like, okay, Mandalay Bay, what do they have there? Luxor, what do they have there? Excalibur, nothing. Uh, by the way, you guys will never catch me dead at Excalibur. Excalibur, Luxor. I will never visit. Mandalay Bay is not bad. But again, if I'm going to Mandalay Bay, that's the only place I'm going to. So I open up a map of the Strip, and I'm looking down the entire Las Vegas Boulevard. I know you guys know this, but I do tend to go to Bellagio, Cosmopolitan, the Wynn, the Palazzo. That's just my corridor. It's not really a corridor. They're actually in two different parts of the Strip. But I know those hotels and the restaurants that are inside of them by heart. And if I want to go to them, I'll go to them. But for you guys, I try to sort of spread it out a little bit. So I'll look down the strip and see what restaurants there are. And then I start just sort of fingering through. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go to Caesar's Palace tonight. So what's inside of Caesar's Palace that I've not tried before? They have Nobu. They have uh, that the steakhouse. I forget its name. I always forget its name. Um, we'll, we'll go back to it. Uh, then they have Bobby Flay's Restaurant, which is Amalfi. They have Stanton Social. They also have... One of my favorite restaurants on the Strip, Water Girl, which is absolutely great, which I would go there tonight uh, if I could, but uh, it's during uh, CinemaCon, which you're going to have a million people at that particular hotel with a lot of traffic. So then I started just sort of thinking down what's inside of that hotel, what have I not tried in there before, and then do I want to go? So that's really how I plan it out. And I also see you know, if I want you know, that cuisine. So once I select a restaurant, I figure out and make sure that it's open that day that I'm going. So whether it be, you know, usually Wednesday for me, Thursday, everything's open Friday, Saturday. That's totally easy. But sometimes they're off on Sundays and Mondays. So I figure that they're open. And then I'll open up their website and then I'll look at their menu. I do, going back to this, I do plan my menu out depending on, you know, budget, what I want to try, what looks good. Is there more than one option? Like as if I get there and I feel like maybe I don't want to have a steak, maybe I want to have some pasta instead. Do they have choices for me to, to, to try? I do check and see that they have multiple things that I would like to try. Uh, one of these good examples is uh, Spago. Spago is a good example of sounds great, good idea, do I really want to eat anything on that menu? It's a very, very California-centric menu. It's very, very fresh. It's good. You know, everything's farm to table. But it's just not for me. I don't like their cuisine. It's just not my style. So try to sort of catch that when you're looking at the menu. This problem happens quite a lot. This used to be a big problem with MGM Resorts because they used to put the menu on without the prices. If you ever run into this problem where you cannot find the prices of on the menu of the restaurant you're going to eat at, go to Yelp. So go to Yelp, go to Open Table, uh, review sites basically. Open Table, which is actually also a reservation site, so that's a good place to actually catch, you know, what you want to eat. Make your reservation, boom, you're good to go. But you can go to Yelp, you can go to Open Table, look through. The, you can also see the reviews, but you can look through the pictures. And in the pictures, there is a listing that says menus. Typically on Open Table, this is available. You click the menu 
or menu option, or just where the photos are. You go to photos and you click on it. And then you can actually see the menu, uh, pictures of the menu taken at the restaurant. And you always want to check and see when the date of the picture was taken. So if it's, for example, in the past you know three months, that's pre pretty probably a good example of what the menu is going to look like when you go. It will give you an example of what the prices are. So at that point, you can use that to sort of pinpoint what you'd want. And then I always go in sort of knowing a general idea of what I'm going to eat. So I'm going to be like, uh, I want this thing on the entree. I want this appetizer. I want to try this dessert. And I know if I get that combination, that combination of entree, appetizer, dessert, it's going to come up to this particular price. That's a good way to actually do it. So it's a good way to sort of plan out your restaurant or your dinner. Um, how do you do that? This actually is very helpful when I'm going on dates. So a lot of times I'll actually, it's going to sound very silly. I'll actually map out what I'm going to eat. And then I also give myself like a second option just in case this person orders like a little bit more expensive thing than I thought she would get. And then I go from there. Uh, good etiquette, by the way, is never order the most expensive thing on the menu and you don't have to order the cheapest thing on the menu. You kind of want something in between. But really good etiquette, I think this is sort of a life advice, not just Vegas advice, is that you're on a date where you think, and you may not know if that person's going to pay for you, even if you think that you're going to split it, fine, whatever, try not to order the most expensive thing on the menu. And that goes for the person who is paying for it as well. Uh, but if you're the person who's paying for it and you have an unlimited amount of money to spend on dinner, feel free to order whatever you want. And if you tell the other person that she can get or he can get, however you want to look at it, can get whatever they want, then you deal with the consequences at that point. But if that is not disclaimed in the beginning of that conversation, you do not get the most expensive thing on the menu. So just, you know, letting you know in advance. So uh, I think that actually covered most of the things is, you know, the budgeting, um, how I choose my restaurant, how you should plan, uh, good good sites to go to if you have are really just out there. Um, Open Table is a fantastic site just because they are a reservation site. So with that, you can actually type in uh, Las Vegas Strip and, and then obviously Cuisine if you want to get really, really, you know, down to the nuts and bolts. That will get you a really good inclination of what's available at the time that you're going to be going there, what they have, you know, in terms of cuisine. And it also gives you pictures of what and menus of what that restaurant will look like when you go there. So, again, keep that in mind. I highly, highly always recommend reservations and Open Table is a great site. Um, another site that I recommend would be, which doesn't really have like a website, is Seven Rooms. Seven Rooms actually is a reservation system. Uh, not as easy to navigate as Open Table, but you have to be careful with Open Table because sometimes uh, they will not have certain restaurants if they do not offer that reservation system. So just keep that in mind. Yelp is always a good place to go just see what the restaurant's going to look like. Unfortunately, you cannot make reservations on Yelp. It will typically tell take you if you click on it on that restaurant's reservation system will take you to that reservation system, obviously. So again, little sort of nerdy things to know about at here at the end. So um, if you'd like, uh, you can stick around and I will talk more about our Forbes listings of our restaurants, or sorry, of our hotels here in Las Vegas and which ones they think are the best. And I will be doing that next. If not, feel free to just replay this one over again. But again, we're going to be listing or going over Forbes, 14 best hotels in Las Vegas. Hey. 
Hey everybody, this is Brian Ortega from Concierge Confidential. Just letting you know about a new podcast that we have out. It's called Last Night in Vegas with me, Brian Ortega. Hopefully you're able to listen to it. Um, it'll be periodically put out throughout the week. And usually if I go out in the evening, you'll probably be hearing a podcast about how that night went. So make sure to check out our new podcast, Last Night in Vegas, presented by Neon Smoke Productions. All right, everyone, we are back. So this is the sort of second part of Last Night in Vegas, where I'm going to be going over some of these like listings from uh, a Forbes article that came out, and we will go over it. So they do have a couple different uh, categories. They have best overall hotel, best luxury hotel, best hotel on the Las Vegas Strip, best new hotel, best amenities, uh, best lo- located hotel, family-friendly, best for couples, best for business travelers, Best to see and be seen. Interesting category. Best boutique hotel in Las Vegas. That's a fun one. Most glamorous. Also one of my more favorites. Best pet friendly and best downtown hotels. So let's take a look. For their best overall hotel in Las Vegas, they listed the Red Rock Casino Resort and Spa, which I find a very interesting addition on the list, but I'm okay with it. it. Red Rock is a beautiful property, has a great pool. They also have have really added to their restaurant portfolio. Probably it is the Marquee Station Casino. So they've actually renamed Station Casinos Red Rock Casinos because of this particular property. It's very fun. It's a very young resort for the most part, but you do get, you know, a lot of locals and a mixture of, you know, tourists and on property as well. I think they've really elevated themselves by their Rouge Room, which is a really great lounge, which is really sort of jazzy and very cool, live music. And I think it's a great addition onto the list. So I think best overall hotel, uh, maybe not my cup of tea, but I am not mad with this particular entry because they do give other categories for other hotels that could have taken this particular spot. And I like this is sort of a list-making thing that they did here, and it's okay. So... Their next entry on the list is Best Luxury Hotel in Las Vegas, and they listed the Wynn Las Vegas and Encore, which I 100% would agree that the Wynn and Encore are the best luxury hotels because when you walk in there, and especially with their addition to their plaza, their Wynn Plaza, which is their high-end uh, their high-end uh, mall, essentially, you feel the dripping of wealth in this rest in this in this restaurant in this hotel it just really just is made for the super rich and when i say super rich not just you know well off i mean sultans princes fortune 500 leaders ceos this is the type of place that it's made for it's very lush and red and just oozes with elegance and that's really what I get when I go to the win you you kind of have to if you go to the win like if you're going for a show or something or you know maybe dinner you really have to put yourself in the mindset that you belong there and that's how you got to think about walking away or or you're going to be very uncomfortable the entire time you get a lot of different types of people um I like although even though it's the best luxury hotel in Las Vegas which I would agree with that the hotel is lovely the people that actually end up staying at the win Certainly have money, but it is one of the sloppiest I have money hotels in Las Vegas. And when I say sloppy, I mean the people. Just everybody is just in oversized shirts, sloppy, these big giant Reeboks because, you know, fashion. 
But it's okay because it's a Gucci shirt, so it's all right. But just the sloppiness of the people who hang at at um, the win is just kind of interesting. But you do get in the evenings very sharply dressed people, very you know put together people. Things that will surprise you. Some people are dressed up, you know, in cowboy boots, and that's a thing. Um, one time I was actually standing next to a $50 craps table, and I think I told this story last time I was on here. And um, he was there was a guy standing there with his wife. I was a little bit tipsy, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know. He said, I've never played craps before. I can never understand it. So I just was standing off to the side, and I said, oh, well, you know, this means this, and this means that, and sort of lightly teaching what the game was. And then everybody crapped out, which means everybody lost. And then people started walking away from the table. And he said, we just kind of carried on this conversation. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, show me. You know, come, come up over here. Show me. So I was like, oh, no, we can go to the $25 table and try there. You know, he's like, no, no, no. We can. There's nobody here. We can play right here. So he walks up to the table and very normal looking guy. Boom, drops down $3,000. Ready to, ready to learn. He's ready to learn. So he's betting $50 there, $200 on the, on the back because they asked him, what's your average bet in blackjack? Just so everybody knows, the average bet in blackjack for most people in Vegas is between $15 and $25. That's pretty normal. He told the dealer his average bet in blackjack was $200. $200 a bet in blackjack, which is a lot. That's, you know, above average. So he's out there playing. That's the thing. So you never know who you're going to walk into and talk to at the win. Also, the win is a great hotel for seeing celebrities just because they have a hot spot called Delilah's, how they recommend. And typically you have to make reservations and sometimes you got to know somebody. So keep that in mind. So win Las Vegas, absolutely fantastic on this list. So moving on, uh, best hotel on the strip. Uh, they do say the, so it's a very broad term, but the best hotel on the Las Vegas strip, they listed it as, as the Skylofts at MGM Grand. The Skylofts is the, not secret, but it is the Slightly exclusive hotel on the very top of MGM Grand. They are all duplexes. They range from one, two, and three bedrooms. And some of them do have, obviously, well, two of them, have balconies that look out onto the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, the Skylofts tends to deal mostly in uh, casino host or invited guest business. Um, I believe uh, Veronica Hernandez, who used to be the GM, uh, GM, she was the assistant GM, sorry. Um, she should have been the GM at some point. They should have promoted her. Uh, but now she is in California, which is absolutely fantastic. And she's living her best life. And I love it. So anyways, uh, VZ, as we used to call her, um, I used to call her Veronica because I wasn't, you know, cool with her like that. But we were cool enough that we arranged uh, tours. But the Skyloft tended to deal with about 70%, sometimes 80% of their business was invited guests to the hotel. So that typically means guests who were invited by the casino to gamble in the casino, which means that those rooms were most likely comped. So we can talk about that later on a different episode about being comped and points and all that other good stuff. But certainly that hotel is really much geared towards that. They also have butler service, which my friend uh, Allison works there. So she's a fantastic butler. So moving on to the list, best new hotel. This one is Resorts World. Honestly, Resorts World was the only hotel opened in 2022. Um, it could have been 2021. I can't remember the year it opened. So yeah, obviously they're going to be the best one because they're the newest. So you could have said Virgin, but um, it's not even the same class. Don't even put that in the same class. So moving on, uh, best amenities, uh, Aria, which I would actually agree with this. I've been told that they actually have the best spa in town. I think it's between them, Cosmopolitan, Bellagio, uh, Green Valley Ranch Spa, which used to always be one of the best spas is over at the Palazzo. But 
I would agree with this. I would say that Aria does have really good amenities. Um, their pool is okay. I think uh, usually pools are listed under amenities as well. And their pool is fine, but they have a fantastic spa. Uh, so I would highly, highly, I would, I would say that this is okay on the list. I'm okay with this. And again, most people don't, like me, I don't indulge in a lot of the amenities in a hotel. But I would say the Aria's spa, which that's really what we're talking about here, um, is certainly one of the best in town. And the Wynn. The Wynn has a fantastic spa as well. So, best, also, little note about the Aria Spa. The Aria Spa is one of the only co-ed spas in Las Vegas, meaning that you're able to sit and hang out with your significant other or whoever you go with, good for you, uh, in the sort of common areas. They have common areas for uh, uh, male and female. So, let's move on. So, moving on, uh, best family-friendly hotel. They listed as the Palazzo at the Venetian. Eh, meh. Um, I'm okay with that, I guess. What is a family-friendly hotel, really, you know? Uh, I mean, the Horseshoe just opened, or just reopened, and they actually have a really cool arcade, so that's cool. But, I mean, I guess they do have a minus five over at the Palazzo that does have a a family-friendly time where you can actually bring kids into the minus five bar, which when I was growing up, minus five meant you, minus five bar, you had to be 21 years old to go in. So I had to wait in the room. But I mean, this is fine. I guess they also have other experiences at Palazzo. They have a very large mall. But I mean, honestly, it's whatever. I don't have kids. So moving on, hotels for couples. Waldorf Astoria, great option. This is a very romantic hotel. Great views on the strip. They have a really good spa as well. Really, really great uh, uh, bars. They have the... Uh, what is it called? The Skyview Bar, which is great. They also have high tea. If you're a person who loves tea, they do have that as well. Uh, but yeah, I would say this is a good option. Uh, Waldorf Astoria. I'm okay with this. So, best hotel for business travelers. Uh, the Four Seasons. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't I don't really travel a lot for business. So, uh, Four Seasons, I guess, is good. Uh, well, Four Seasons, uh, naturally, is actually a national brand. If you're ever wondering, where is the Four Seasons in Las Vegas? It is a secret hotel somewhat secret, on the very last 10 floors of the Mandalay Bay, the very, very top of the hotel. It also has its own entrance, its own spa, its own pool, all things by itself. I do have a friend who also works at the Four Seasons. Her name is Anna, and she is Brazilian, and she loves the desert, which is so weird um, to me for people to like the desert in Las Vegas. So anyways, best hotel for business travelers, Four Seasons, which also fun fact, um, they have a concierge, but I actually was helping a guest one time, and she was, I'll probably tell this story more in depth at some point. Uh, she walked over to the MGM Grand with her husband. And uh, they were from Europe. They were from England in particular. London, England. Uh, which I've been also been told from a woman who used to work with us at MGM Grand. Who also used to be a nanny for one of the royals. Juicy tease there. Uh, she actually walked up and she spent the most money ever with me that I've ever spent uh, in my four years working as a concierge. Uh, she spent north of $10,000 for her particular trip, and that did not include her room at the Four Seasons. Um, I believe she spent about $14,000 just with me for tours and shows for her trip in Las Vegas. I'll tell that story more in depth later, but yeah, $14,000, and I wasn't even her real concierge. So she could have went to the Four Seasons. Best hotel to see and be seen. This is my favorite entry on the list because this is a ridiculous category, but I love it. The Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. So the Cosmopolitan 100% is this because you can't really just get away from people. Uh, the Wynn has lots of private rooms. The you know Bellagio has lots of private rooms, but 
this place has a lot of very open concept restaurants, which is very cool. So you're able to see everybody. The high limit is in the center. They do have a very secret, secret high limit called the Talon Club, which is located in the the East Tower, uh, which is on the second floor next to Egg Slut. And it's called the Talon Club. It has its own bar. It also has its own casino. And it's very dark. It's very much a James Bond casino. So I kind of want to wrap this up, but I do love, uh, I did a whole thing about, you know, you can check back on our latest episodes uh, for the hotel highlight, which is the Cosmopolitan and see why that place is awesome. Uh, Best Boutique Hotel, which that that was listed as Nomad, which is located in the Park MGM. Nomad is great. They have the Nomad Bar. They have the library, a restaurant and a bar, which are absolutely fantastic. They have their own casino and, of course, their own entrance into the hotel. Nomad, absolutely fantastic. I don't think it's taken off as like they wanted to, but has its own check-in. It's great. Good boutique hotel. Most glamorous hotel is the Bellagio Hotel and Casino. This one says Bellagio Resort. Very interesting that they just put resort. I think the person who was writing this got, you know, sleepy. But the Bellagio is absolutely very glamorous. I've never walked in there and felt like the wind where it just felt people were sloppily hanging out there. Um, everybody who goes to the Bellagio has an intention to be Danny Ocean from Ocean's Eleven. Everybody just seems more put together at the Bellagio. I would say they're equal in terms of class, but I would certainly say the Wynn certainly is the most luxury hotel for sure. It's really sort of taken over that sort of mantra, but the Bellagio, very classic, always very high standards, but I do have a little problem with their bartenders, that their bartenders need to learn how to make drinks, but that's a very... It's a different conversation for another time. Best pet-friendly hotel, the Vidara Hotel and Spa. Vidara is a non-smoking hotel, which would be great for pets. It's also no casino, which is also good because, you know, pets. Um, They also have a pretty okay pool. It's fine. But I'm okay with this. I don't really care because I I don't have a pet personally. I don't travel with pets to Las Vegas. I would recommend you don't travel with your pet to Las Vegas and walk on the Strip in July because it is very, very hot. There is no grass out there. So... Last entry here is Best Hotel in Downtown Las Vegas, and that is, of course, the Circa Resort and Casino, which I would believe is honestly the best hotel on Fremont Street. Uh, I do want to do an episode where I just absolutely trash Fremont Street because I walked down there on like a Wednesday and Thursday, two days back to back to get some food uh, for my other job. And I walked during primetime hours, like five, six o'clock, and oh my God, not where I want to be. Just not my brand. If it's for you, good for you. Um, if you like deals, great spot. If you like live music, cool. It's just, I was told I was bougie because I don't like it down there. And if that makes me bougie, I guess I'll take that, uh, take that title. So anyways, that's the list. Circa is great. I just actually wanted to go back to talking about Circa. Circa is great. Um, they have a really, really fantastic sports book. Obviously they have eight East, which is a fantastic restaurant, which is a sort of Asian cuisine, sort of a fusion. Uh, they also have berries, which is a really good steakhouse. You know, not my favorite, but berries is a really good restaurant. They also have the legacy club, which is a great view on the top of the hotel with a patio and a fire pit. You can rent it out. They always have uh, really great promotions up there. Really good. Uh, Saginaw's, it's fine. It's really good if it's, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, you're just sort of starving. Uh, But, yeah, I would say really, really great spot over at Circa. Really great with what uh, Derek Stevens has done with that property and really brought life to Fremont Street, which it was desperately needing at that time. So, uh, this was a very long last night in Vegas just because we kind of combined two things into one. Hopefully, you're able to listen to both of them. But 
again, we'll be back next week. We're going to have a supersized episode with a grand opening of a restaurant that'll be opening on Saturday that I'm very excited to attend at the Aria. Hopefully, you'll listen to next week on Last Night in Vegas. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm seeing the numbers going up of people listening to the podcast, and I really, really appreciate it. Always make sure to check out us on Instagram, which is concierge underscore LV. Check us out on TikTok, which is the same thing. Well, not the same thing. It's Keys to Vegas is the name of us on TikTok for all of our latest videos. You can also check us out on YouTube, which is Concierge Confidential, and of course our Twitter, which is at Keys to Vegas. We ran down the entire list. But again, if you come to Las Vegas and you see something you like, hopefully you enjoy it. And if you do, remember, keep it confidential. <laughs>